What's up there, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Midge and the Keg NFL podcast. I'm your host again, Billy. Alongside me, co-host Jimbo. How we going, Jimbo? Yeah, not too bad, Midge. Been a exciting weekend. Lots of games. Been good. Yeah, it's been some uh, been some good games uh, over the course of the weekend. We're going to jump straight into it. We're not going to muck about today, like we did in the last episode. So, uh, just to point out before we start, guys, we've had some uh, <clears throat> really good feedback from a lot of people regarding our first first uh, podcast. So, we're going to try our best to see how we get on from now on and try and tweak a few things here and there and obviously the listenability, make it the best listening experience possible for you guys. So, with all thanks to that, we'll go straight into it, Jimbo. First game of the whole weekend was Buffalo and uh, Indianapolis. Final score, Buffalo squeaked it by 27-24. Now, I think we're both in agreement here when we were watching the game that I think the scoreline is a little bit is a little bit misleading in terms of Indianapolis's favour there. Yeah, I think the, the Bills were always sort of fairly comfortable, you know. You sort of thought they were always going to go over the line, really, you know. Colts came with late, late charge in the fourth quarter, but... Well, I remember we were talking about when we were speaking in the preview, obviously, the the main... Obviously, Philip Rivers, he's been there before. He's been in playoffs. We know the type of quarterback he is. He can, he can throw it downfield. He can extend plays. The guy's a very, very good quarterback. But the main player that we had on our mind was rookie running back Jonathan Taylor. Now, the run game itself, Buffalo haven't been that great against the run pretty much most of the year. So this was a big key to them because if they were letting Jonathan Taylor run all over them and also uh, Naheem Hines, their backup uh, running back, to run all over them, it was going to be a lot. I think it was going to be a very different type of game. But most of the game, Buffalo held them, held them pretty strong. They held to account, no big plays, no big, no big yardage. Dom, keeping fairly well at the line of scrimmage, not letting anything go past them. And then it got to a point, I think, in the third quarter where Indianapolis basically went on back-to-back drives within, I think, they were under two minutes and went, and they both went for touchdowns. Now, within them plays, Jonathan Taylor and Hines absolutely reeled off on, a, on several runs that were, I mean, looking at their stats, I mean, respectively, Jonathan Taylor, 78, and uh, Hines, 75. It's a little bit, a bit misleading of a garbage stat because... What 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 I think would be frustrating as a Buffalo fan, as much as they've won the game, you know the job's done. They held them such such an account all game, and then come into the time where you know you, your defense needs to hold. And it seemed like Indianapolis with with them two touchdown drives were really getting really going to get back into the game and possibly steal it from the Bills. Yeah, especially with the uh, with the fumble, Josh Allen fumble at the end there. You know that obviously the lineman managed to recover. It could have been a completely different story, yeah, couldn't it? It could have been. That was a definitely heart in your mouth moment if you were a uh, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, coming towards I think I think it was in the fourth actually, yeah. He um tried to do a bit too much. Sometimes he does just out he'll try and he'll try and Houdini yeah, his think, way out of a situation and he he just got sacked and he dropped the ball. That you know, the whole game he did manage to get out of any, every sort of situation where you know, he was under pressure and I think he managed to escape the whole game you know it was just Massively. right at the end there that and it's gonna when you when you do try and hold on and try and develop plays yeah exactly 
And we're not taking anything away from Josh Allen. Josh Allen has his first career playoff win, uh, done exactly what he needed to do. He had just under 380 total yards and three scores in total as well, two in the air, one on the ground. And he's just shown exactly, especially if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, bearing in mind, if you're Buffalo Bills fans watching, uh, listening, sorry, you can definitely, you'll, you'll easily remember this. So this is their first playoff win since 1995. And that they last been that was the last game they beat Miami in nineteen ninety five. That's a long time to wait for a uh, for a playoff win. So the future's bright. Uh, Josh Allen has shown he hasn't cracked under pressure, and that he has absolutely shown a, a, a tough test. This this Bills team is for real, massively for real. That offense yeah, is really. I was really impressed with him. You know, I think he, you know, he's gonna obviously drive that offense forward. That you know they've got a very solid base to build on over the next you know, a few years to actually build a, a proper side here who challenges for years. Massively. And I think, you know, if you're having him lead in the charge, I, I know I'd be very, very confident as well. They've got some nice pieces there. They advanced through to the divisional rounds. Um, bit of a shame for Indy. I'd like to say future's bright. Obviously, Philip Rivers is not getting any younger, but they gave the fight massively to them. You know, they, they had a late charge. Uh, it just came up a bit short on that one, which is a bit of a, bit of a shame for them. But Buffalo prevailed and move on to the divisional rounds. We'll also point out, actually, with one call that we were... <laughs> even we were screaming at the telly, weren't we, Jimbo? And we're not even Buffalo oh, Bills yeah. fans. Of the uh, In the fourth quarter, Pascal for the Colts fumbled the ball, got stripped and fumbled the ball and Buffalo recovered. Well, I think we were about... It was late in the game, literally about, I don't know, 20, 30 yeah, seconds t- left. And yeah. Not long. And from the replays, it's an absolute clear fumble. It, to me, it wasn't a question. They were showing all the camera angles that they see. They show, obviously, on, on the screen. And, yeah, just really strange because that, they ended up giving it a um, as a completed pass because he was down by contact. But, the, but the, put it this way, it's, it's, one of the, it's, it's probably one of the worst calls I've seen this year. I must have been. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen too many this year, but that was a... It was a shame because most of the Perth games were pretty well well refed and uh, officiated, but but that call could have really, uh, yeah, maybe maybe uh, stung the bill. Obviously, it didn't. You know, thank God for that. For the, if you're a Bills fan, but I can imagine there a reaction if that if that ended up favouring the Colts and going on to win the game. Um, I know how I'd feel. So. Just a note I mean, on I, that. I just don't actually understand how they, you know, normally when you see these camera angles, a couple of them will be deceiving and you sort of say, oh, yeah, no, that's... But literally every single camera angle, you could clearly see it wasn't down by contact and it should have been a fumble. It was a clear fumble. Yeah, and I just don't know I'm, how the decision's been made. No, unless they, they have a camera angle we're not allowed to see, I have no idea. But I don't think that's the case. But either way, it, it was a really bad call, but we're going to point that out because, you know, there was... I know my my... Blood pressure would have been very high if I was if I was a Bills fan over over this game, so especially towards literally the last four to five minutes would have uh, not done me uh, any favors on that one. But uh, Buffalo prevailing and advanced through to the divisional round uh, for next week. Pass interference, defense, automatic first down. Right, moving on to the next game of that Saturday evening. Well, evening. Uh, for English time, was uh, the Rams at the Seahawks. Now, when we spoke about it last week, Jim, obviously we knew, obviously the Rams, you know, they've got another one-rated defence. 
and they've been stout all year. Um, we we sung their praises last week with the players that have stepped up this year to move, you know, to keep that stout defence going and the players they've acquired, including Leonard Floyd, who's had a fantastic year as a pass rusher. This game ended up being really high scoring. <laughs> of yeah, I mean, we, I'd like to say, I'd like to say out of the blue. Was yeah, we both had it down as a low-scoring game. Um, yeah. You know, neither team put up many total yards. You know, it was, it was a defensive game still. You just had that second quarter where it just sort of went off. And I think that, you know, that was spiked with the uh, with the interception. Yeah, I'd like to say, as much as um, obviously the play benefited the Rams, they scored a pick six, it was an absolute great, great read and cracking play by Williams for the pick six. But it seemed to have shifted both offences. And that sounds silly because... As soon as that happened, Seattle came back, came back on the field, and I think probably I think it was in the third play, Wilson scrambled, uh, sorry, rolled out to his left, had a bit of a scramble out, and found DK Metcalf wide open downfield, and it was a straight uh, six points. So it definitely shifted something in the game, so for teams to retaliate, um, and also in that quarter, LA got another touchdown as well to sort of get take the lead into the half, and yeah, just from there. Um, one player I'd like to point out, Jimbo, who um, I don't think we really talked about much last week because he, he had a bit of um, injury concern, I think, in the last game, um, was Cam Akers. Had an outstanding game, 176 uh, total yards and a score. Just seemed to help that uh, Rams offence just to tick over enough. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, he, just... he put the yards down rushing, didn't he? You know, and I think that, that offence needs that. Obviously, they, they've struggled, in my opinion. They, they're very weak at the quarterback position. You know my views on him, but Akers did sort of get that offense going. You know, he put the he put the numbers down on the on the run. Yeah, definitely on the run. 130 on the ground and another 45 receiving. And to point out in that game as well, you had John Wolford. So I think I think it must have been early second quarter. Took a hit from Jamal Adams um, in the head and um, head neck neck area. Left the game with a neck injury. There was pictures actually of um, him in the ambulance with a neck brace. So, uh, funny enough, that's one thing I've actually looked into. See, I think he was okay. I think I think uh, head coach mentioned that he came back into the locker room to celebrate with the team. Um, I think Sean McVay said that. So, I think he's fine. But obviously, you've got to look at that into next week. You know, they they're going to they're traveling to Green Bay. Well, we obviously we're going to talk about that in another podcast. It's just review for this week, but. They've got a decision to make the Rams, you know, but um, as much as Wolford was the guy, they wanted to keep him going. Jared Goff, who I'll point out, as much as I know your opinions on this, both, I absolutely do. And I get it sometimes. I've agreed with you on some games that we've followed him throughout his career. But he's, you know, when a player has surgery on, on anything, you know, and, and, and I think it was, you know, it wasn't like it was beginning of the year stuff. It was like later on in the year when he had um, this surgery on his thumb. You know, they don't normally return, but they're normally out for the year. Nine, a good nine times out of ten, unless they have like a deep power front. Depends when they get injured in, in the season. He had that surgery. He was still on the roster. He's got three screws in that hand. And I believe it is his throwing hand, as, as far as I remember. I'm pretty sure it's his throwing hand. So credit where credit's due, as much as you might not give him a lot of credit. He's still got 155 yards in the air, a touchdown, and just enough to just see the Rams through as much as, you know, we could go on about the rat. I think the scoreline's a bit bit misleading because I think Seattle got a late touchdown towards the end 
the, the Rams had this covered for since really going early third quarter, go straight I through. The Rams had it covered from from pretty much you know the first quarter when you know they just got so much pressure on on Wilson. You know that defense is just absolutely destroying them. Even though the Rams' offense wasn't really moving, you know you just sort of thought, how are the Seahawks actually going to get going with if with the um, attack the Rams had in in their defense? Well, exactly. And you look at is it five sacks? Funny enough. I think that's something you called in your poll prediction was, uh, I think it was it sack, sacked five times for Russell? Yeah. 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 But to come and win the game. But obviously that didn't come to fruition in the end for that one. But you got yeah, half I mean, of it, he, right. He played okay, Wilson. You know, he, his completions weren't great, you know, but he, he scored two touchdowns and he, yeah, he was think, under immense yeah. pressure the whole game, to be fair. Yeah, massively. He has been all year. I think, I think we added it up and we've... 16 times in three games against the Rams, he's he's been sacked. They're numbers that you just don't want to don't want to hear. I mean that that's just bad in any sort of like regular season going straight in. You know we we know the Seahawks have had offensive line woes for for for, for years really a few years. They just haven't had a solid starting line to keep Russell upright uh, for the majority. But at the end of the day. They got the pressure on him, and and they did force him into mistake. He was going into late into the fourth. He did throw an interception, um, which was quite costly. It gave the, the Rams the ball back to kill, kill more clock. I think that was sort of their chance going in towards the late of that game. But unfortunately, yeah, like, like we've said, I think the Rams really since that, as for me, probably going to the third quarter. They had it covered. It just did not look like the Seals were going to gain any sort of rhythm. The Rams were doing as much comfortably on offense. Moving the chains, the defense doing their job. Seems like a regular thing for the Rams, especially against Seattle. It seems like a same similar situation. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they're gonna, as they go forward, their offense is gonna have to improve. The Rams, you know, to keep up with these the defense. But it was positive signs, you know. They they proved why they're the number one defense in the in the NFL. And I'll point out. You know, turnovers are everything in this league. The two turnovers that Seattle give away resulted in 14 points. So it's not like they, you know, they got the ball back. We know how good the Rams are, but turnovers, it's like Russell Wilson knows this. You know, he's been in this so long. Pete Carroll as well for Seattle. You know, he's been in charge a long time. They know how to win games. And as soon as when you're, you know, Russell Wilson threw his pick six, and that's my mistake. I thought we threw another interception. That's my fault. He, It was a return. And they fumbled it, which was their other turnover, which effectively killed the game because then Goff uh, led through and threw pretty much the game-winning crushing touchdown to um, Robert Woods, which put the game well out of reach. So you look at that and 100%, the the rounds are for real, I must admit. Like you say, as much as uh, they got their offensive woes and they're going to have to come up, especially with a big game plan against Green Bay, to keep up with... uh, just, you know, the MVP, which will be Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they've got a lot to think about coming into next week. Yeah, I mean, you you know, they, they can't just rely on Akers to keep the ground, the ground game going, really. You know, they need to have other other ways of moving the ball, but they, they played well and they're in the, you know, they're through. That's it. And that is it. So the Rams pulling off, as most people, to be fair, including myself, think in Seattle, come up with the upset. Uh, in another divisional game, the third time this year they've played them, and they are through to the divisional round for next week.
Unsportsmanlike conduct, 15 yards. Right, moving on to the last game, which was on the, uh, the Saturday night, was uh, the Washington football team band against Tampa Bay. Now, as much as we, when we spoke about Jimbo, the main thing for us, um, especially for Washington, was the fact that they had a very good secondary, uh, was ranked second in the league, you know, against the pass. Um, we thought it was going to be a bit of a test for Tom Brady, but uh, it, I don't think it really ended up quite that uh, way. I don't know. I mean, he was pressured, you know, he's, he did make some big plays and he put up some good yardage, but he, he did get flushed out a few times and he didn't, he was only about 50% completion. I think it wasn't, it wasn't massive. Yeah. I think they, they did get pressure on him, but it's a tough, it's tough to maintain that the whole game really, especially when you've got a player of Tom Brady's caliber. Yeah, this is it. Um, I will point out guys, I had, a, I, I had quite a lot of technical issues with this game. Uh, I was very close to, Throwing the TV somewhere else because it was yeah not not doing much favors. So uh, Jimbo's going to take a bit more of a lead on this one. I did watch a little bit of the uh, uh, the highlights on the rerun. The main talk about Jimbo, being a cheer as you've well, if you've got, you're not going to say his real name. You're going to call him by his nickname that you've come up with, which is his real name yeah. is Taylor Haneke. But you're going to start calling him Taylor Heineken because you know why not. Yeah, I think um, it was actually uh, Cam Newton's nickname for him, I think, down in Carolina that they they commentator mentioned. Uh, I quite liked it, so it's a lot easier than his actual name. But, you know, he really impressed me. He's, I thought he was brilliant. You know, he, he moved the ball. He got out of trouble every single time that he got put in trouble. He 46 yards, I think, on the ground and uh, 306 passing. For someone who was only on a practice squad, you know, a month ago. He came in to play in a big, high-pressured playoff game against Tom Brady and was solid. He, he went out with an injury in the third quarter, came back in, still put the numbers up. His, his main receiver, Cam Sims, superb, you know. He targeted him uh, a lot. So much so that I actually placed a bet on Sims to get an anytime touchdown. <laughs> no, um, much to my disgust, the commentator <laughs> actually said touchdown Cam Sims. Turns out it was Stephen Sims, oh. um, which was quite frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine on that one, funny enough. I remember you mentioned it, but yeah, I, I, I'd have been in the same boat, quite frustrated as well with that one. Yeah, I mean, just from what I was, you know, what the, the, the little that I sort of did watch, I could definitely tell, like like you said, the, um, the main thing people got, you know, think about here is, is the fact of the situation. You know, like 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 you said, he was on the practice squad not long ago. Uh, I believe he had some time in Carolina, and then I think he went to the, I think it was either the XFL or the, I think it was the AAF. It was the you know, XFL. To, he got he XFL. got drafted, but funnily enough, he was only a backup. <laughs> right. Wow. I mean, it just shows you know that there is some hidden talent out there, especially in in a situation like this where when you're put um put on the spotlight, and bear in mind this isn't just a normal game. This is a playoff game, and not a lot of you know, players get an opportunity to play in a playoff, in an NFL playoff game. You know, you've got to think of that situation that he was thrown in. And yeah, he I think they've got own. a guy that they can really look for in the future now. They can try him out in the, in the preseason next year. You know, he can compete that with uh, for that job with Alex Smith. He threw a pick, but it wasn't his fault. The pass was tipped. Looks a really nice, nice prospect. Yeah, definitely. I think looking that, especially for the future, for Washington, 
you know, you're, you're now, unfortunately, you know, as much as we did, we expected whoever the NFC East division winner was, was not going to win a playoff game. I think everyone had that in their mind, which is more fair enough because they don't have a winning record. But you look at that and for the sake of moving forwards, you know, Alex Smith's not Alex Smith is Alex Smith. He's a great story. We love, loved it all year. He's a great story. He's been fantastic. He's led this team. But I, I someone like correct me if I'm wrong, but he's very old. I think he's like 37, 38. He will retire possibly within yeah, he was drafted one, or two, in the, um, one or two years. He was drafted in the 2005 draft. Um, they had the choice of Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> bad the rest, decision the rest, right there. All you have to say is the rest is history on that, <laughs> literally. That is all you have to say, whoever is this in fact, especially Green Bay fans anyway, who are... Uh, yeah, and certain certain other teams in that draft, which I think everyone remembers very very well. But yeah, a hundred percent. You look at Heneki as as definitely, but like you say, a barber option. He'll definitely have a chance to um, compete for the starting spot. And I think yeah, exactly. The situation and he can hold his head up, held up high. And I know, know that on on the uh, the Twitter pages of the NFL players that they were singing his praises. They were well impressed, you know. So. I think it looks up for Washington as well. Bit. You know, they've got a very good defense there, a very good young defense. And I think they go, going forward, they could actually impress in, in a weak division. Yes, exactly. And that is the main thing. This division is still weak. Uh, as much as it could change around a little bit next year, I don't think there's going to be a lot to change. Uh, most of them teams anyway. Washington are obviously the main favourite. They are the, the reigning division winners. So we'll have to see what happens. But I'm hoping, knock on wood, that this isn't the last time that we uh, we see Taylor Heineken, as you like to call him. Well, uh, I don't think it's the last time I'm going to see him, especially in the in a Washington jersey. If not, he might even get a chance somewhere else. You never know. But he can hold his head held up high on that one against playing against a team that is either third, pretty much third favourite to, to win the to win the Super Bowl, as well as going against the greatest quarterback that's ever played of all time in terms of championships. <laughs> so. Head held eye for Taylor Haneke, but unfortunately, Washington do fall short on that game. 23-31 to Tampa Bay. They did, um, they did Bay. win the spread, though, as as we, you know, we're quite strong yes. on. Um, <laughs> we're very strong on that. Good I'll be happy with that. <laughs> Good point, that one, because we went, didn't talk about the Rams game that one much, but yes, the spread was spot on <laughs> on that one. So, And that changed actually halfway through the night, so 100% that was worth it, for, especially for us anyway. But yes, in the final on that one, 31 to 23, Tampa Bay, moving on to the divisional. Holding, number 55, 10-yard penalty. Right, guys, just before we swiftly move on to the next load of games, which was on the Sunday, uh, we're going to do a couple of, well, analysis of the game. So we're going to do uh, an MVP, an honourable mention, and we're also going to do a flop as well for... Not for each game, but for the week, uh, for the day. So for these, for the games we just mentioned, which so the Buffalo Indy game, Rams Seahawks, and Washington Tampa Bay. So uh, Jimbo, why don't you kick us off? Uh, who was your MVP, your honourable mention, and your flop? So for me, the MVP is an absolute no-brainer. Josh Allen, you know, getting that first win under his belt in the playoffs, and I thought he's superb. Really, honourable mention, Heineken. Big man, hopefully he gets, gets himself a job next season in the NFL. Superb coming in there. We've talked about him already, so I won't go into him too much. And I think flop, quite difficult. Put me on the spot a bit with that. Uh, let's go with the Seahawks offence. I mean, it's, it's tough to say that they flop because 
the Rams' defence was so good. But I don't think they got a lot going. And I think you had six teams that actually played quite well. Let's go with the Seahawks' offence as the flop. Okay, don't. Fair enough, Jimbo. So, I'll start off my MVP. My MVP, uh, looking all right for it, you could easily say, go for the obvious names, you go for the Tom Brady's, you, you know, in terms of that game. Also, other people in that game had great games as well. I'm going more to the Rams-Seahawks game. For me, uh, Cam Akers um, is my MVP just because, you know, he did have a great game there, nearly 180 yards in total, did score a touchdown as well. But he managed just to really keep that Rams offense just moving enough because I really do think if they had to rely on Goff throwing it more than he was supposed to, which really wasn't effective enough with obviously his hand injury, I think they could have been in trouble. So Cam Akers, to me, has really helped them out in that game and had a great game. So he's my MVP. Honorable mention, as much as I was very close to putting him as an MVP, it is Jared Goff, just for the fact basis of, unless an injury happened, which it did, he wasn't expecting to play. He had the thumb issue. We talked about his thumb, of how bad it is. He's had surgery. He's got He's got screws plates, whatever. He's got stuff in his hand that shouldn't be there right now. So, in massive respect to him, he done what he needed to do, got the ball moving, led the offence well, and got them through that game against Seattle. And then my flop, I think I think the right term for my flop is, is just, a, I think, just disappointment because I was expecting them to put on a bit more of a performance as a, as a whole which was uh, the Washington secondary, because we did mention them quite a bit in our preview last week, Jimbo. And uh, yeah. I think from a standpoint of they had a big chance to to stop Tom Brady. And don't get me wrong, we knew how good Tom we know how good Tom Brady is, we know how good this offense is passing the football. It was never in doubt, but there was a big chance Washington to uh to at least stall or upend uh, them a little bit, but it, it never really came to fruition because it seemed to me most of the plays they were doing, they were gaining big chunks of yardage as well. And, and that's not all on the secondary, but in terms of who's covering the receivers downfield, you know, the Mike Evans, the Chris Goblin, it is your secondary. So uh, they are my flop slash disappointment, whatever you want to, whatever term you want to use for that week there. And automatic first down. Touchdown! All right, guys, after our MVP, honorable mention, and flop picks, we'll go straight into Sunday's games. So the first one of that was the Baltimore Ravens at Tennessee at the Tennessee Titans. Now, this one was a little bit in terms of how we put on our betting spreadsheet, but especially for me anyway, <laughs> it was supposed to be a much higher scoring game, realistically. You've got the number one rushing offense and the number two rushing offense. Yeah, I mean I think we we disagreed with the winners. You know, I had the I had the Ravens by minus three and you had the Tennessee by plus, but we both thought it'd be over on the points. You know, we Massive. thought this was going to be a high scoring game, you know, but it didn't was, turn out like that at all. Yeah, definitely didn't. And it, and it was a bit of a shame because it seemed to have a good start. Tennessee took an early 10, 10 zip lead um, going into it. Lamar Jackson um, took him a little while to get into it. He threw a, he threw a very contested uh, ball, which led to an interception really. It was in double coverage. It wasn't his best throw. Definitely by a long shot, got picked off. And it looked like Tennessee had a bit of momentum going. Uh, and then finally, Lamar Jackson went on a huge run, an absolute massive run. It was great, ran up through. And 
Lamar Jackson is speed, and once he once he gets his once he gets his gears going, that is it. Forget it. You're not going to catch him. He runs in, scores a long running touchdown. Yeah, I, I think it's the best touchdown I've seen running by by a quarterback ever. Really, oh, wow. you know, high price. It, it was. Um, I think they said it was the second longest in a playoff game. Oh, massively, yeah, and it, and it did change the game a bit. It gave it gave the Ravens um, a bit of momentum finally to move the ball a lot better. Because uh, obviously, as well as we forget to mention, Baltimore have the la- uh, the least ranked passing attack in the entire league. So as much as we know Lamar Jackson can throw the ball, it's a run first team, uh, you know. So they're always going to go for the run first. And when Lamar Jackson can get out and scramble, he won't think twice about it. Hence, hence that long touchdown run. He he he's done it since he's been in the league. Uh, and, and it isn't going to stop either. I can probably see another touchdown, something like this, probably even in the next round of uh, the playoffs. It would not surprise me. He was that good. He showed a lot of maturity that game as well, we'll point out. Definitely shouting Lamar Jackson's praises. In terms of the last playoff game he played against Tennessee, you put that into, into comparison. All right, I'll beat Derek Henry, which we'll get to in a minute. Didn't have a, a, he, wasn't, he was nowhere to be found yet, uh, on that Sunday. Uh, yesterday, sorry. You look at that, and Lamar Jackson did what he needed to do. He was calm in his throws, even after interceptions. He ran the ball, he kept the offense going, and he done what he needed to do. And it, you can tell that he is definitely maturing into this player, Jimbo. Which eventually, when he get, you know, he's got this confidence now that that playoff win is now in his bank. He's got that ticked off now, and the yeah, sky's the limit for him. He'll be happy to get that. You know, off his off his back, like you say, he was he was brilliant. You know, he, he's going to take them forward. I think superb on the ground, very hard to tackle. He's you know he's a running back playing in a quarterback position that can throw the ball. As much as we could we could sing praise about Lamar Jackson all day, you you guys listening know how good he is. If you don't, I suggest you watch the game. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say because the guy is immense. Uh, and has led that team. And and I think, really, as much as Lamar Jackson had a great game, Jim, but the main story, as much as Tennessee were throwing the ball nicely, AJ Brown had himself a game, Tannehill was doing okay, Derek Henry, 40 total rushing yards. And that, to yeah. me, just says it all. For me, though, watching the game, I, I think there was a play-calling problem. Every single time, it was down the middle. They didn't try going out the outside at all. It was just... The same thing. It was easy to defend, and he probably had his worst one of his worst games of his career, really. Oh, in comparison, I mean, you think you think of last year. I mean, look, last week he got two hundred fifty yards, <laughs> you know. And yeah. then, uh, if you're going on about playoff appearances, the last time they played the Ravens which was last year. He got nearly two hundred yards again. So you think of how much he is integral to to this team. And like you said, and I think you agree, because we did mention in that game, Arthur Smith, the OC, you'd like to think he might have mixed, he wanted to try and maybe mix mix something up a bit, whatever it takes to get Derek Henry going. And yes, don't get me wrong, we're not knocking this Baltimore's defence. It, it's rated top, uh, I think it's top yeah. seven in rush defence. Then they can they can hold up against the running backs. But you look at the end of the day, if they, it was a key matchup. If they weren't going to get uh, Derek Henry going, we pointed it out in the preview, Jimbo. It's the number one rushing offense again, the number two rushing offense as well. Yeah. Someone, whoever wasn't going to rush the ball better, 
was really most likely going to be on the news again. And, and that was the case. You know, we also pointed out that the Tennessee Russian attack is Derek Henry, and the, the Ravens have got you know that three pronged attack that we talked about, and it t- it showed on Sunday that when they couldn't get Derek Henry going. They just had nothing else, really. They, you know, Tannehill was okay, but they just really struggled. Whereas the Ravens, they had Dobbins going, they had uh, Lamar Jackson going. Got Sedgwoods as well, yeah. They, they got a nice trio of, you might as well call Lamar Jackson the running back as much as he's playing quarterback, as much as he's running the ball. You've got Dobbins, Gus Edwards and, and Lamar Jackson, like you said. And, that is, and that's what opens up Baltimore's offense a lot better. They've got a player of weapons that they can use. Against exactly. like it's just said, a bit of variety. As, yeah, definitely. As much as we say, as much as Derek Henry is an outstanding player, at the end of the day, when when all else fails, I think this is where the Achilles heel is for that that Tennessee team. He can run Tannehill, produce a bit more goods, and I mean, in the end, you know, when they were trying to run down and trying to get a get you know get a touchdown to the game, he did throw an interception. And as much as that's probably the, the worst thing he probably done all game, you know, in, in to his respect. He was throwing nice passes. Yeah, he's he was okay. doing well. But at the end of the day, you know, when when it's crunch time and you need to get you need to get a nice drive to go down and run down the field and score a touchdown to tie the game to keep your season alive. Uh yeah, Tanner Hill falling up short. So uh yeah, a bit of a bit of a weird one in terms of scoreline as we weren't expecting from. But yeah, Baltimore advancing. Uh, winning by a touchdown, twenty to thirteen, in and going through to the divisional round next week. Holding number fifty-five, ten-yard penalty. Right, Jim. We're moving on to the next game of the uh, of yesterday evening, which was the uh, the team who must not be named, in, especially in our vocabulary anyway, uh, is uh, the New Orleans Saints versus uh, Chicago Bears. Now, this was quite a frustrating one to watch because, as much as yes. Obviously, we wanted the Bears to win, and they're massive. They were massive underdogs. I mean, what, what was the spread in the engine? But it was quite a high. Oh, it's minus it? minus ten, I think it was. Yeah, you know, it, there was hardly anything that was going to happen, really, unless the Saints really were going to throw the game away. I remember. I mean, we watched it um, early on. They there was a bit of a defensive stance on both sides. You know, that they were they kept they kept each other at bay fairly well, uh, and then. You had one big play. I think it was a tr- funny. I think it was a trick play, running through back. They 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 pass the ball back to uh, Trubisky. Trubisky's launched it straight through. Javon Wims is in the end zone, wide open. He beat, beaten the last last man, and the ball was itchy, just fell through his hands. And I believe at that time it would have put the Saints, uh, sorry, the Bears in the lead. Uh, and you just got to think of missed opportunities like that, especially against a team like New Orleans who. I'll be, yes, it's against Chicago. Chicago held their own a little bit. I'll give their defence a little bit of credit. They'd held up. I mean, New Orleans have scored a lot of points this year. Holding New Orleans to 21 points isn't a bad performance from a defensive side. And I think that they, they were tired out as well. The Saints kept the ball a lot. I'm not 100% sure on the time of possession stats, but I think it was, you know, the Saints had the ball for... I'll just get it I up think, now. I, yeah, 30, think, nearly 40 minutes compared to the Bears' 20 minutes time possession. So that's going to tire any defence out. And Saints are good at just grinding things out. They've got the king the king of it, really. Um, not going to heap too much praise on them because I don't think they were great. I think 
No, they've done no, what they no, had no. to do, but the Bears' yeah. offense really cost the, cost the Bears the game, didn't they? They had their chances, as you say. And I think, uh, yeah, as, as we touched on it, you know, yes, we are biased. We don't like you. I mean, the people people will know this by now. We're only in our second episode of our podcast. But incredible credit to you. You know, Kamara, Kamara was great, moved the ball, everything else. The Saints do what they do. They can move the ball. Drew, you know, Drew Brees is a mistake-free football. But the Bears, like, like you said, Jimmy, you get the point of day. It's nearly 40 to 20 in terms of time of possession. Uh, and, and I remember, to be fair, towards the end, latter stages of the game, defensively, the, the Bears were making mental errors. They were doing neutral zone infractions, just, you know, trying to uh, guess the snap count and it was not working at all. Yeah, and they had a few it, mistakes like that, which led to costly penalties, you know, and that was, and that is, uh, that is a recipe of, uh, sorry, a product of being on the field too long. It's and got to be a lot more day, tiring for a defence as well than an offence, isn't it? You're always, you're always chasing as a defence. Absolutely. And I think this is my, let's say stat of the day. I mean, the stat that stands out throughout this whole game. If you're wondering, you, you know, if, all right, albeit if something did change early doors for Chicago, they might have had a bit more river, might have found a bit more uh, ways to uh, to move the chains. They, in the end, had one out of ten on third down. And look, you're playing the Orleans for a kickoff. I mean, at the end of the day, you're playing anyone like that. If you're one and ten for third down, you're going to be struggling against any team, let alone a, a playoff team against the number two ranked team in the NFC. It's just not going to work. Uh, and at the end of the day, it is going to hold down to Trubisky <laughs> at the end of the day. As much as he say, didn't turn the ball over, done a few things, He at the end of the day, he didn't push the ball further down. I mean, don't let the stats fool you. You had at the point, he had nearly 200 yards. I think a good 90 of them came in dead heat time come the end of the game where the last, funny enough, the last part of the game was a touchdown to, Jim, to Jimmy Graham and that was it Mitch Bisky did nothing else and, and we pointed this out in the preview Jimbo this, this would be a game Jabisky had to prove himself to keep his job especially in Chicago but after that performance I, I, I mean put it this way yeah. do you have him as your backup well, I mean I know I, I personally wouldn't for me I think they've got to they've got to bring in a quarterback now the Bears if they go for a preseason and Mitch Trubisky is still your best player, obviously he starts. If they can't improve on him, he's got to start. However, you ain't looking at giving him a big contract, are you? No, absolutely not. He, he at the end of the day, he hasn't deserved one. I, I personally think they will cut him in the off season. Um, look, you still got Nick Foles there as a, as an experienced player, as much as you don't really want him as your first option. Um, but like you said, it allows them to possibly draft a quarterback. They might even sign someone in free agency. You don't know. We'll get to that maybe in another episode. Uh, and we'll try and actually maybe so- try and save the Bears. You never know. But <laughs> I think it's going to take a lot in terms of a quarterback position yeah. anyway to try and sort the Bears out. I mean, otherwise, though, I'll give respect to their defence. They held them enough. But at the end of the day, New Orleans were never in doubt in this game. And they advanced very, very easily to the divisional round uh, this coming Sunday. Passing interference, defense, spot of the foul. Right, Jim Bowen, that comes up to uh, our last game of yesterday. Now, I'll point out to some viewers, I'm sure a lot of you stayed up, so especially if you're a Pittsburgh or a Cleveland fan, to uh, stay up all night. I actually haven't gone to bed. I stayed up, it obviously carried on to like five in the morning, and by that point, I was still wide awake, so... It's been a long, 
long day of me with no sleep. So I was just pointing that out. So if there's any mistakes, I have to try and cut them out later. It was worth staying up for, Jimbo, wasn't it? To me, it was my pick oh. last week. To me, it's a pick of the ga- a pick of the week in terms of the game, and it definitely didn't disappoint. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, game the, of the week. The score doesn't doubt. do it justice. <laughs> score doesn't no. do it justice. It was a great game. I think obviously we have to kick it off, Jimbo. The first uh, Pittsburgh started with the ball, and uh, <laughs> I mean, what was going to say? Possibly, uh, I mean, head in hands, rem- right away. It, it reminisced uh, the, uh, the Broncos Seattle Super Bowl of where it happened to Peyton Manning all them years ago, and it yeah, just yeah, Marquise Pouncey snapped the ball, and when I mean straight over Big Ben's head, absolutely went a mile. And lo and behold, the, the, uh, the Browns jumped on it in the end and got a touchdown within 14 seconds of the game being played. And this isn't uh, a, you know, this isn't a, a centre that's just come off the practice squad. No. This is a nine-time pro bowler. Yeah, I think that's what was a little bit wrong. We all have bad games, but, uh, and, and let's put it this way, as might we'll get into it. Um, he didn't have a great game either, Jimbo. He wasn't snapping the ball quite cleanly. There was quite a few low snaps in there. Uh, a couple of high snaps as well. Obviously, that was the highest one. Um, but yeah, he did. He just did look great on form, and he had a week off to rest too. Yeah, I mean, maybe that didn't do him very, didn't do him any good. Maybe it took him out of his rhythm and his flow, and it might have even been better to keep him in there. I mean, the way he played was certainly wasn't like him. No, definitely not. I mean, he's been in the league long enough to not make, especially the mistakes he made. Well, it's, it's mainly that one because that gave the Browns a massive clean was- start. There was at least three high snaps and at least, I was going to say, at least three low snaps as well. I mean, Ben actually done really well with some of the, the snaps he got. Yeah, some of the handling was pretty good, yeah. It was a bit wayward. Like you said, I've, I think a lot of the point out for this game, when, you know, you're 28-0 down, long story short, so after that uh, touchdown uh, from Pouncey's bad snap, uh, another quick interception from the defence, set up another touchdown. And then, lo and behold, when Cleveland got the ball, they went for a touchdown. And then by the first quarter, it was 28 to nothing. And I, I really think, Jermaine, and I said it throughout during the game, as much as the score looks a lot tighter than it than it was, I think Pittsburgh really just got in, in big shock to me they, that they... I mean, no disrespect. I, I haven't seen. I think that's the first. It, that is the highest quarter scoring in the history of the league. Yeah, twenty-eight I mean, points. They Pittsburgh credit to them. Actually, for most of the game, obviously they were twenty-eight nil down, and for most of the game, I actually sort of could could see them potentially coming back into it. You know what I mean? I don't. I never thought they were completely out of it. No, no, definitely not. Bear in mind, it's early doors with that as well. When you're twenty-eight. Uh, especially in the first quarter, there's a lot of time to play. And credit to Big Ben where it's due. As much as he did make some bad throws, including a few picks, which were uncharacteristic from him as well. You know, he didn't really have a good game, although his stats say otherwise. Um, he was always trailing. I, to be honest with you, I think he did have a good game. He put 500 yards up. He got four touchdowns. Yes, he threw the four picks. They weren't all his fault. There was a couple of mistakes from the receivers he dealt with poor snaps the whole time he had to make 68 passing attempts you know they had no run game whatsoever it was all on him and he completed 47 out of 68 501 yards second most yards out of any playoff quarterback I thought he had a very good game really bar the 
probably the two picks that are his fault. I agree with you in terms of the stats and, and and I think the problem is with the run game. There was no point in them doing the run game when you're down 28 points. It, they, they literally got into a position where Pittsburgh knew they had to throw, they knew they were going to throw the ball a hell of a lot to try and get back in the game. Uh, and not, it just didn't come to fruition. And as much as yet, yeah, I agree with you. But, uh, I think, yeah, there was one pick in, in particular that definitely wasn't his fault. Um, but yeah, in terms of the others, the thing is, Jimbo, Big Ben's been in this situation before. He's won two Super Bowls. He's won playoff games. As much as I'm not knocking Cleveland, I was, I was, I'm actually ecstatic for Cleveland Browns fans. I have a soft spot for them. I think it's just because I've never seen them ever in this position ever. I mean, I think this is their first win for something like similar to Buffalo. It's got to be twenty odd plus years since they've won a playoff game. Uh, they've finally done it, and in Pittsburgh, and they haven't beaten Pittsburgh in the last 18 games played in Pittsburgh. It just shows you how bad this team was in comparison, how obviously dominant Pittsburgh have been in that division as well. But you look at that, and we're going to move straight to, instead of Pittsburgh's mistakes, as well as they were, I'll get the credit where credit's due. The Browns' offense was very good. Baker Mayfield... You say that. They were very good, and I think they did play well. However... It was some poor play calling for me. They abandoned the run when they were winning 35-10 and they abandoned the run. Yeah, and, and the they third kept quarter, the ball back cheaply. I just that third quarter for me, whether it was poor coaching, yeah, I didn't understand up. it. You know, Nick Chubb was going really well, Kareem Hunt was going really well, and they abandoned the run. And they threw three three quick at one point, and they threw a three and out, and they passed the ball three times. Yeah, it was a little bit weird at that one. That was literally the only uh scoreless quarter for Cleveland was the third quarter. And you're exactly right. They did pretty much a bat. As they abandoned the run, they just had some weird play calls where, like you said, Nick Chubb was getting his carries. They were gaining yardage. Kareem Hunt was exactly on the same wavelength. And considering the, uh, the Browns' situation, they had a makeshift offensive line, which is the best way you could describe it. Obviously, Joel Petonio was out of the game due to COVID. And Jack Conklin went out of their game. They're starting tackle. So you've had two linemen who aren't in that lineup all the time and that's hard for an offensive line sometimes an offensive line unit that can stay healthy and play a lot of snaps together is where you get a much better rhythm and a much better light and just better play it, it, it's very it's very basic it's like anything you know the more practice you get the, with the same unit it's going to be better and credit where credit's due they managed this makeshift line with the with the backups that came in done a great job and don't be wrong it does help that the fact that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are absolute studs <laughs> they can they can bounce, they can run inside, they can catch the ball. They are two very identical weapons and they're very, very good. But from that perspective of them abandoning the run in the third quarter, like you said, was very mis- mystifying because it nearly got Pittsburgh more back in the game than they should have been, should we say. Well, it certainly gave them a chance. And you had, obviously, Big Ben was, was throwing the ball. Throwing the ball, okay. Obviously, the picks actually probably cost them in the end really like you know you take them you take the two the well four picks it was but you take the two sort of later on picks it did cost them I think they obviously made the decision to punt at one point as well fourth and four which yeah was, they, uh, yeah there was a moment in Pittsburgh very where very it, strange it, call for me yeah yeah they should have gone I mean for the point of where they were already trying they've been trailing all game for the sake of them trying to get back in the game I think they were near midfield or in the Browns half it was around that around that field position and yeah, like they said, they decided to pump, which 
it, it, you give it a mentality for a coach. Bear in mind, Mike Tom has been there before. Big Ben's been there before. They know that they can do do things like that when it's like a four, when it's fourth and short things like that. If you're not giving faith into actually thinking, yeah, we can actually make this in this time to get back in the game, just shows how much I think a little bit from the mentality of maybe how Mike Tomlin was thinking a little bit, and you know, you know, I think they just got two ways of looking in, at it. in too much of a hole. He's either trusting his defence too much there, but or he's just not trusting his offence. You know, you're on the halfway line. It's not a massive issue if you get tackled. You trust the defence to stop him from the halfway line. You know, it's not like that they were in their own 30 or they were far enough up the pitch that they've got to go for it on fourth down there. It's in fourth quarter, you're trailing, you've got a decent offence, you've got to go for it. And it was a very strange call. It was a very strange call. And yeah, and it could have been a, a pivotal moment for Pittsburgh to really, what I call really get back in the game because... I think really the main story to take away from this game, they plunged themselves way too big deep into a hole and just ne- and, and could never recover. When you're down 28 points, that is just a big ask in itself. And as much as, the, I mean, the scoreline looks a bit closer than it was, I mean, Big Ben was throwing ridiculous amount of yards, you know, towards the end, call it garbage yards and touchdowns, you know. So this was very much well in the Cleveland Browns' favour. Credit where credit's due. Baker Mayfield played a hell of a game, kept it clean, ran his progressions, done well, didn't throw any stupid balls. I'll give him absolute credit where credit's due there. And he's had questions on that guy, if he's actually going to be this the, the main guy that Cleveland has been looking for. And that has eluded them for, call it 16 plus years of actually having what they could call a franchise quarterback. And he's done more uh, to me, especially in this game, he's definitely... Putting his, putting his way in the right in the right direction for that one, because at the end of the day... I don't, I don't. I can't speak on behalf of uh, Cleveland Browns fans, but I, I hope that I'll just never have to draft another quarterback for a long time, as long as Baker Mayfield can keep playing the way he's playing at the moment. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're more than happy with him if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, aren't you? Your first quarterback to win you a game in, in well, I think it was a road game since 1969, wasn't it? Yeah, there was that mad stuff. I think it was something like 50 games. years on the road, and then yeah. something like, yeah, it, it's been a long time. You know, this franchise has been... It has. It's been a, been dark days a lot of the time. So, hundred percent credit due to Baker Mayfield and that rushing offense done what they needed to do, and defensively as well. Credit with credits due as well again to the defense. Defensively got got the turnovers, got the the, the touchdown in the first fourteen seconds with that mistake. That they were up for it and they kept Big Ben at bay enough at times to run the clock down, just little things like that, especially on defence, just kept it in front of them, which in effectively in the end, all, all contributed. And that is why Cleveland nearly scored 50 points on their biggest rivals. And that is a big, big thing. I, I, I didn't think I'd be saying that. I was hoping Cleveland would win, but I didn't think that they would ever be close to scoring 50 points on Pittsburgh. And I've got to think a lot of people, including yourself, Jimbo, didn't think that either. No, I, I didn't. I mean... Absolutely no chance. I had it down as a, a Pittsburgh Steelers big win. You know, I've, we got yeah, you know that was, the, that was the game I got the most wrong out of the whole week. Really, yeah. Obviously, we spent the whole we spent the whole third quarter trying to get Claiborne. Was it three yards we needed? Wasn't it? Uh, Claypool, yeah. Claypool needed three yards for your uh, for a bet for a bet on yours that we were trying to figure out who needed what on that one. It was a bit of a bit of a wacky yeah. one that, but uh, yeah, yeah. It's a good time to be a Cleveland Browns fan, and if you are one. Definitely enjoy this playoff win as it has come 
too long enough for you. So kudos to you. Cleveland advancing through to the divisional round and the first time in a very, very long time. Right, coming to the end of that one, Jimbo. So we've covered all the games. Uh, we've got another MVP, uh, honourable mention, and flop as well. So we'll go with you again, Jimbo. What's your who's your MVP? Ooh, MVP. Uh, I think it's got to be uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think he was. Yeah, he had he had to be in there either way. He was superb. He he absolutely dominated it, didn't he? To be fair, the rushing touchdown was brilliant and. You know, as we've we've already touched upon him anyway, but I think he's won his playoff game now. He's got to be the uh, the MVP for the day for me. Absolutely, right, fair enough. Um, what about your honourable mention? So honourable mention, oh, I'm going to have to go for two here. Uh, ben Roethlisberger for his 500 yards, second highest. <laughs> right, <playoff> okay. Game. <laughs> um, okay. I know he lost the game, but honestly, I oh, think no, Obviously, weren't your MVP, I suppose. Like, no, you, I mean, he lost the game, so you can't really go MVP. But honourable mention, and also we'll go with Jimmy Graham for his little catch right at the end. Last, yeah, oh, yeah. was it yes, the last yeah. play of the game? Was it? You know, it was a brilliant. Catch. Yeah, literally the last and play of the game. Yeah, run straight up the tunnel, and that's probably the last we'll ever see of him now. <laughs> it know, could he, be. Yeah, he, he didn't he, hang as about, much did as he, he used to be a Saints player. Um, he's not anymore, so he's all right now. So. <laughs> It was a brilliant. Yeah, I must catch. admit. It, yeah, no. In all fairness, it was it was probably the the best thing the Bears done all game. So uh, if that puts a perspective of how bad they were, then that definitely does. Uh, and what about your your flop? The flop has got to be Pouncey. Um, yeah, yeah, this yeah. nine <laughs> nine Pro Bowl player, and within fourteen yeah. seconds of this game, he put his team on a back foot and. He didn't recover from it. He was continually poor the whole game. I mean, blocking wise, he probably done okay, but his snapping was shocking. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he. Like, I think it's a good point. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't recover enough to really. I think even give Big Ben confidence a little bit as well, as uh, everything was a bit shaky uh, when it all happened very quickly as well. So yeah, definitely. Uh, he's definitely not. Yeah, coming to anything. He's not come out well. Soon. <laughs> No, definitely not. So definitely a flop for that one. I agree with you there. Okay, so we'll go to mine. So my MVP, uh, look, at the end of the day, I, I, I pointed out how big this was going to be for Baker Mayfield. Um, and the hand that he delivered, I can't express it more than enough. Uh, you know, if you want to go in stats alone, you know, they do it justice enough. 260 yards, three touchdowns. But the main thing for me... He kept his call. As much as they had a lead, they had a lead all game. You know, they had a help from their defence. I get that. Obviously, he's got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt helping him in that offence. But at the end of the day as well, he, he kept to what he knew. He didn't force any throws. He, he, he moved it when he needed to um, and just wasn't silly with the ball. And especially when, as, as you take an early lead, as, as we well know, Jimbo, you take an early lead, it can go very, very south. Right. You know, so... For them to hold on but play decent football, other than the third quarter where it was a little bit, little bit out of hand, it worked out well and he played a great game, absolutely great game. Uh, moving on to my honourable mention, I couldn't really find a certain player for this, although there is probably a few in there, possibly on the Browns' defensive side. But in the end, I I went for this for uh, the the Ravens 
uh, defensive line uh, slash linebackers holding up Derek Henry. I mean, we've seen this guy tear up teams, including Baltimore themselves, including in playoff time. And it put, put it this way, it's the lowest I've ever seen Derek Henry get. 40 yards in total, couldn't get anything going. And it, and, and it, and it cost the Titans in the end. And that was a great game, a great performance by them, by that defensive line and also the linebackers to keep him at bay 100%. Yeah. And I think my flop, as much as I said, we expressed on this as well, how big this was for Mitch Trubisky. And it's very simple enough. The guy, as much as the Saints got great defense, I'm not saying that he was going to put mega numbers or anything different, but look, he was fighting for his job in that game. And there was chances where you, when you need someone on that team to make a difference, a, a good nine times out of 10, it's your quarterback. And I just do not think it's there with him. I do think it's gonna, it, that is going to be his last game in Chicago. Pending where he gets another team will remain to be seen, but he is 100% my flop. Uh, for the week, because other than the touchdown to, to late Jimmy Graham, they didn't do anything. They got a field goal, you know. It didn't. Yeah, I think that's a, my, I think that's a fair shout. You know, so he is hundred percent my flop uh, of the week there. So that's mine and Jimbo's MVPs, honourable mentions, and flops also done as well. So how did we get on with the uh, with the predictions in the end? And obviously, there's six games. I mean, yes, yes. So uh, I think. Well, I, I'm not entirely sure, actually. So, yeah, so, guys, we haven't actually... I don't think we've actually told this as our bracket yet, have we? I, I can't remember if we did no. in the first episode. No. Well, we might as well... Well, we'll go through that now, then. We'll go with... Trying to get in the games now. So, let's go to Buffalo. Buffalo Indy. Uh, I had Buffalo. Yeah, same, uh, so, yeah. yeah. Straight straight through. Nothing, um, nothing bad with that one. Uh, Rams, Seahawks. Funny enough, I actually was ended up going with Seattle. I also one. had Seattle, yeah. Uh, I had Seattle by, by in the spread as well, yeah. That wasn't ideal. Washington, Tampa. Uh, I think we both had Tampa. Yeah. Ravens, Tennessee. Uh, this is where I cocked up, so I was hoping Tennessee would have merged as I did sort of point them out as a dark horse as well if they got past Baltimore. But, uh, yeah, so I put, picked Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I was, I was strong on the Ravens and, yeah, that's good. Happy with that. Yeah, they formed on that one. Uh, moving on to the next game, Saints Bears. Uh, yeah, the Saints. The no, Saints. No, no question about it. That was it. a comfortable win as well, wasn't it? We had that down as very comfortable, no doubt in that one there in that prediction. And then, uh, well, this one I've, I've, I've expressed how much I think Cleveland had the talent to win a playoff game. Stuck by them, I, I picked them to win this game, uh, and they massively delivered. Unfortunately, I was mega strong on the on the Steelers. Um, didn't didn't really right. account for their early troubles. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. So it must mean I think that I believe uh, we're tied all. on that then. Four, yeah, no. four wins out of six each. Um, Could be worse, I, I suppose. But yeah, uh, not not the way I wanted the bracket to go. But you know, can't can't win everything, unfortunately, especially on these things, especially the way the playoffs go. Anything can happen. Uh, on that one so uh, we'll have to uh, see what our bracket holds for the games in the divisional round for next week <laughs> right Jimbo well they're gone through it all and that is our uh, what super wildcard Saturday review uh, like I say we weren't disappointed were we there Jimbo no I think some you know some brilliant games 
and it obviously ended on a high, probably the best game of the weekend. Yeah, it was yeah, an enjoyable it weekend. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, definitely, definitely enjoyed all the games. Uh, I'll just point out, guys, just a few things to me. I was supposed to point out uh, more in the intro that we now have more distribution uh, on this podcast now. So if you've got, got Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, uh, we've got we've got that on there now that is all available to stream on those platforms uh, also if you use uh, radio public pocket casts and breaker we're expanding as much as possible that's probably the most we'll be doing but just going through as many platforms as possible so you guys no matter what you have can uh, give us a listen if you are enjoying this uh, like we pointed out before i'm not going to point it every week so i think you'll get bored by the point of me calling it out all the time. Obviously, this is the first thing for uh, me and Jimbo. And we, you know, it's going to take some practice with some things. It's in certain just, sayings. I, I can imagine what we say about Jimbo. I've got, Sorry? I've been in touch. I just want to add, I've been in touch with a trader. Uh, I'm going to get him to price up how many times we say, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd probably <laughs> take the overs anyway. You know, I would encourage it as a drinking game, but, you know, you can't really uh, I'll, <laughs> well, push excessive what, drinking. That, well, I'll tell you what, for, for the way the year's gone, I don't think it's a bad idea. So, uh, well, the way the year's going and the way the year last year has gone. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I agree with you there, Jimbo. Yeah, I think there's a certain, I think as much as we get much further into conversation, we will come out with the odd, uh, the odd, uh, or the odd, you know, from the sounds of it. We're going to try our best to minimalise it as much as possible for every episode we go through. So, I think once we get a little bit more comfortable, I, I think you'll agree, Jimbo, just sort of talking. Yeah, just talking a bit more, bit more. But I say once the conversation gets flowing, it's more for the listen, for the listeners to have a the best listener experience and not hearing stuff they don't want to hear all the time on there. You know, with the odd, it, you know, the odd butts, the odd uh, or the odd, you know, coming coming out of you know uh, that. So I love your explanation there, Bill. You use you know only four times in that explanation. Well, so. exactly. It, that's yeah. the example. So if you're wondering <laughs> if I was taking the piss, I wasn't. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> definitely wasn't. That was all for show, all right? But, but in all serious, guys, I hope you're glad that you're getting all the good NFL content from us, so to say. Uh, we've been enjoying ourselves, and we will be doing a preview show for the divisional rounds coming up before the weekend, before the games kick off. So we will have another episode up, hopefully by the Friday, latest early Saturday, but sure, I can't imagine it being more than that, Jimbo, but we're going to be doing one for that and uh, hopefully giving you more content that you'll enjoy to listen to. Cheers, Bill. No worries. Cheers, Jimbo, and thank you for listening, guys. We'll catch you next time. 